and welcome back to Real Clear with Dr. Klein, the crossroads of politics and psychology. If you would like to listen to ad-free episodes and have access to daily and weekly releases, essays, and other membership perks, and you also want to help in the production of this program, go to realclearpodcast.com and click subscribe. There are a lot of places in this world where you can put your money, and so I thank you for considering membership to realclearpodcast.com. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Welcome back to Real Clear Podcast with Dr. Lucas Klein. A few updates. I'm going to begin recording my episodes on YouTube in video format, obviously, in addition to podcast format. You can find all of that at realclearpodcast.com. And you can search for me on YouTube, D-R-L-U-C-A-S-K-L-E-I-N. That's Dr. Lucas Klein. The same handle for Instagram and Twitter. All right, let's get into it today. I hope you enjoy this essay that I've been working on for about two weeks. It's called Words Are Not Violence. Here I present the case that the words are violence and psychological safety movements in the West are based on rather severe psychopathology and that these implicit and avowed movements have morbid consequences for the future of civilization as we know it. The shift that Western society is taking toward individual subjective impressions over the pursuit of objective truth, as elusive as it may be in certain instances, is both an effect of cultural moral decay as a consequence of emotional decadence and also a harbinger of things to come. It is also a fact that restrictions on speech have an obvious and understandable correlation with religious movements. The case could be made that some of the first widespread speech prohibitions have taken place in the major religions. Thou shalt not blaspheme, and other rules. The West has a new religion called wokeism, wokery, or woke progressivism, or just insert name into the blank, social justice movement. The woke began using the term woke with pride several years ago, and now they are pretending that the term is a farce, or that they never meant to use it. Woke, as a term, tried to change clothes with social justice several times, and the two play from the same rule book in many ways. There is a sort of shape-shifting element to those who seem to need to control the language and habitual conduct of their neighbors. Ironically, as the hysteria around word sensitivity increases, and as they try to make the case that speech can be a form of violence, they seem to be less concerned with actual violence. There have been stunning cases of savagery caught on video throughout American urban areas in recent years, mainly in urban areas. Just as I write this, there was a cab driver brutally beaten to death on video by three girls and two boys, teenagers. There was a public decrying of so-called Asian hate in 2021 and 2022. Then, inconveniently, it turned out that the largest group of perpetrators were not white men. 
And if the white calf cannot be sacrificed at the altar of wokeism in recent times, the movement disappears, as this one seemed to have. The case was momentarily made by some that regardless of what race or background the person who was committing actual violence against Asians was, such trends were actually derivatives of, and I'm not kidding you here, multicultural whiteness. And when the new religious claims of the woke cease to move the public, the regressive gallows move on down the line to the next town, all the while the executioners of social harmony dress not as axe or rope-wielding maniacs, but as high sparrows. Moreover, actual violence does not seem to matter when it comes to blasphemers. Conservative speakers have been assaulted for not speaking. Dr. Charles Murray, as an example, was rushed off stage at Middlebury College and was struck. Professor Brett Weinstein was literally hunted on Evergreen College, where he was a professor, as a result of his stance on what was essentially anti-white discrimination, masquerading, that is, as social justice. Professor Peter Bogosian was threatened publicly numerous times and was essentially strong-armed off of Portland State University campus for various reasons related to what is essentially his sin of satire that embarrassed the entire field of gender studies. They all made the mistake of using words that others did not care for. They were guilty of harming people, psychologically. Sit with that for a minute, and then listen on. And there is another area that requires attention, as it always seems to. The sheer ubiquity of the transgender and queer identity issues begs me to question, why are these issues so central, and why are they discussed so often now? Why are both sides of the Western internal civil war, perhaps we could say the internal civil cultural war, obsessed with the issue of trans and the various, perhaps radical, gender theories? Are these issues themselves so central and substantively relevant to a functional society, or do they represent and carry the banner for undergirding cultural battles? And if so, from what are the substrata of these battles made? In both the UK and in Canada, laws have been passed and are currently in effect that allow for law enforcement to prosecute those who offend the gender sensibilities of others. A viral story has broken in 2020 regarding a man who refused to adopt the preferred pronoun of his daughter, who was claiming the identity of a boy. The crime in question? Psychological harm, as a consequence of his speaking about the matter publicly. He actually served jail time. I need to know more details, but he also has no access to parenting his child at present. A person was placed in jail for speaking into the air, for forming his mouth and tongue in a manner to produce sounds and then emitting vocalizations into the immediate space around him. In the UK, a law is in place that prohibits offensive remarks online. The evidentiary basis for the offense? The subjective impression 
of the so-called victim. These are extreme and rather violent extensions of the safe space culture that has been brewing on the left for decades. And what about this violence? To enforce a law requires, at the core, an end result of possible imprisonment, which is a form of physical coercion, a doing something physical to someone's autonomy, self, and actual body. These laws are being enacted only because we have a cultural movement whose devout members do not experience themselves as responsible for their own feelings. When they feel hurt, you are guilty of hurting them. If they become depressed, the world has acted against them to produce the mood. If someone feels anxious and disturbed, they truly believe that you have done violence to them. If you have, in fact, committed a cardinal sin of disagreement over newly sacralized issues of identity, such as gender, sexuality, or racial relations. Moreover, if your commissions of sinful disagreement are subjectively experienced as so upsetting to cause emotional unrest, well, that is a form of violence to them. And if you have been violent, why shouldn't they be toward you? That's what's happening. An ideology called wokeness may be the fastest spreading religion. Look out, Islam. You have competition. This new religion implores the citizenry to disavow personal control and to do away with emotional boundaries. In addition, it easily identifies sinners using the prism of various ideological cleansers, race, gender, sexuality. Something that has allowed for this to be more effective than it otherwise might be is the new religion has captured the university system, much of the elite Western media, and now the legislature. They are minting new minions by the minute. When Generation Z comes to a dominant age, we will have a chance to see a society that uses scarlet letters once more in order to do away with complex thinking so that a growing number of people can experience existence as a giant safe space that is immune from upsetting feelings. The left-wing movement towards words being capable of equaling violence is by definition profoundly and psychotically narcissistic, and also psychotic in the most general sense. I mean this in a technical way. To experience your emotional state as dependent on someone else's verbalization is the essence of narcissism, which is a failure and incapacity to differentiate the self from others and from the surround. This is one reason why my colleagues who believe only in selfhood, which is a way of saying that people are always contextualized by, but really in essence they're saying caused by, the surround, are inadvertently promoting a dependency of the self on the actions of others. Now for psychosis. It's as simple as this. Words don't do anything on their own. That much the postmodernists sort of have right. Words are simply utterances from others and have shared meaning for connoting and denoting the presence of various things and experiences. They are not physical entities. They do not hit the body and cause somatic unrest. For that a person has agency, 
And yes, this agency is not always under the sole ownership of consciousness and intention, as we are formed by our upbringings and by our past in general. But the point here is that a word or phrase, a put-down, an offensive statement, has no way to gain entrance to the self other than through the faculties of the self, which are constituted by the various emotional regulatory parts of the brain and mind. Therefore, to experience words and utterances as doing violence to oneself or simply by way of disharmonizing with one's preferred ways of viewing the world is psychotic, because it implies that the victim experiences words as physical entities capable of harming the very autonomy of the self that he or she believes is so fragile. Words cease to be units of symbolic meaning, and instead are experienced as marauders of somatic equilibrium. When my colleagues used to have guts, many of them still do, by the way, they called this pathological narcissism, borderline pathology, and at worst, psychosis. I will write more in the future as to why the various mental health fields have become completely captured by radical leftism. Okay, so why does the problem so described, the words are violence and psychological safety movements, have grim implications for the future of Western society? Well, I'll tell you very concisely. Humans have spent the few hundred thousands of years we have been advanced beings on this planet trying to advance specifically by moving away from screaming and throwing crap at one another in trees when one ape looked at another ape the wrong way. We now have a society that is turning backward toward our primitive roots, claiming that emotional dysregulation, outrage and the like is unavoidable and is completely dependent on the other ape in the tree behaving in an agreeable fashion. This is a movement towards savagery as a result. It is a social-emotional martial law, and now state law, as it seems to have become. What can I say, except that in addition to a need for a very public blowback in the legislature, we as old guards of the Enlightenment need to effect change in society in a resolute and tactful manner. True to form, here are some recommendations that I have for you. 1. Say what you believe to be true. 2. Say what you believe with good timing and tact. 3. Do not relent under pressure and do not recant unless you have been inaccurate about something factual. In that case, admit inaccuracy. 4. If someone attempts to quiet you because of a disagreement that they claim is upsetting to them, tell them that they need to work on their resilience. 5. Carry on.